Well, praise the Lord. Me make it in here to the safe desk. <laughs> and we'll dig in this morning. Second Timothy chapter 1. This is going to be part 3 today, I believe. And uh, we're just excited to be here in the studio. If you live anywhere around Queen City, Atlanta, Texarkana, Shreveport, uh, we'd encourage you to be here on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock. And uh, love to have you. Bring your coffee, your donuts, your Bible, your paper, your pens, and we'll dig into the Word of God and learn uh, the truth of His Word. I'm just so uh, blessed to be daily studying God's Word. I've been studying God's Word uh, every day, almost every day of my life since 1994, and uh, it's just so refreshing and so uh, so wonderful, really, to live by faith, that faith that comes by hearing God's Word in its righteous context, so that we can go from faith to faith. And the more we uh, allow the Lord to teach us, the more we can experience uh, the liberty, the freedom, and, and the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for our lives. And uh, it's just wonderful. I was studying this morning when I first got up, and just the Lord revealed to me that everything He's ever done pertaining to men, His relationship with men, He began and He finished at Calvary. That's where He started it. That's where He finished it. Everything is about Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And that's why the Lord has stirred our hearts and He is many people today to come back to Calvary so we can begin to really learn the Word of God in its truth, in its righteous context. And so we're just thrilled, as always, to share God's Word with you. And you can watch us uh, at the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the Facebook page, my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, or you can uh, watch or listen to us on the Spreaker app. And after we're done, you can always find it uploaded on the church website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to sow into the ministry. Uh, you can do that on the website and you can text your giving to 903-231-5950 to help us do what God's called us to do. One of the few things that we are doing is getting seven expositor study Bibles weekly into the hands of inmates across the land. So I pray that you would pray about that to be a help to us. Determined Camp Meeting, October 22nd through the 25th. Pastor Scotty Williams, Crossway Fellowship Church there in Dublin, Georgia. I encourage you to come and be a part of that. It's, uh, it's one of the greatest camp meetings you could ever, ever, ever be a part of is where the, the, the group of men and women uh, who've determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified uh, have come together and preach and teach the Word of God in that context. So I look forward to seeing you there and I'm excited about it. God always does and says great things at those camp meetings. 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, we'll start in verse 8 today on this 7th day of August 2020. This is our third session in this chapter. Paul writes to Timothy, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Now there is a lot of meat in this one Bible. And I'm not just a Bible reader. I'm a student of God's Word. I want to hear from the Lord. I want to uh, allow the Lord to bring Scripture from every direction and fill my heart with His Spirit, fill my heart with His Word because all of God's words are in righteousness. And the only path He will guide you in is the path of righteousness. So when we hear God's Word, we must always make sure that our faith is anchored in the very righteous work of Christ at Calvary. And then the Holy Spirit can guide me into all truth. And let me say this before we get started this morning. The Holy Spirit does not guide me into truth that I determine. He guides me in the truth that I need. Today, I have my own family, you have yours. You, I have my own job, you have yours. We're all in different situations. We're all at different growth levels. I don't get to tell God what to guide me in. 
God guides me. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will comfort me as He's able to guide me into the truth I need today. Therefore, I must be in the Word. I must be learning the Word so the Holy Spirit can guide me in the truth of God's Word, not on my terms, on His terms, based on what I need today. And that need in the mind of God is to be more like Christ. That's the preeminent thought of God for you today. Yes, He wants to put bread on your table. He wants to bless a lot of areas of your life. But over and above all things, He wants you to express His Son so that He can be glorified. And He does that by guiding us in the truth we need, not the truth we choose and set out there and then say, Get it, God. That don't work. That don't work. And many, that's why we've never understood and we've stayed where we were paralyzed for years as a church because we thought we could just quote a scripture. Oh, I like the way that scripture sounds. That's not how God functions. I, I, I have issues. I have uh, things going on and God knows if He's going to get me through them, it's going to take me surrendering to Him and the truth He's trying to guide me in because freedom and liberty doesn't just happen... Uh, from sin, it happens each day as I allow Him to guide me in the truth and I'm liberated and freed from my own self-will, my own personal agendas and all the other garbage I've been taught previously. So we need to remember that. So You don't get to hear a scripture and like it and put it on your refrigerator and quote it and expect God to do something. Now if He stirred your heart toward a scripture, you know it. But you don't, you, don't, you don't get to pick and choose what He guides you in. And what He's trying to guide you in what, is something that will conform you into the image of Christ, something that will break you from trusting in you, something that will make you more like Him, something that will make you live without fear as you possibly have been, something that will uh, cause you to live with His strength without intimidation where you have been intimidated and fearful. Or maybe as we see here, maybe Timothy was having a problem surrounded by all kinds of false doctrine and people in the church were struggling because it's very easy for the world to make a Christian feel intimidated about what they believe. You and I, we've been there. We can become ashamed of the gospel. We can become ashamed of the messengers of the gospel. If you're honest, you know what I'm talking about. And that's why when Paul writes this in verse 8, he says, Be not thou therefore. And when you see that word, you've got to back up and see what he he just said. And what he just said was, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, because God has given you the spirit of of power and of love and of a sound mind, and what He's given you is not fear, that means, listen very carefully, when you're operating in fear, that's not the Holy Spirit leading you. That's not, that's not Him. The Holy Spirit will never guide you in fear. He will, he will guide you in power, in love, and in a sound mind. And when you're operating in the power of God, the love of God, and the sound mind, which is really the mind of Christ, then you're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I remember the first time I wore a Christian T-shirt. <clears throat> That was a big thing for me. Some people are like, what in the world? To wear a Christian t-shirt that had Jesus on it, that was a big thing for me. Listen, as a Christian, we're all at different growth places. Can you wear a a Jesus t-shirt? Can you carry your Bible to work? And read it at break with other people watching? Well, you don't have to do all that. No, no, no. You're right. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to. You ain't got to do nothing. But you're here to represent Christ, to sh- let your light shine. And for too long, the church has been paralyzed, hiding under, hiding under a bush, saying, "Well, you ain't got to do all that." And the devil's very good at what he does. That's so bad. 
Amen. Amen. And the real reason we've not shared the gospel and, and lived the gospel openly when we should be, I hate to break it to you, but all the reasons you've got on that paper, you can squash it and throw it away. It's because we're intimidated, we're fearful, and we're ashamed of the very thing we have because we've allowed the world to make us that. And we should live in a way that makes them convicted and them be the ones that are ashamed and not us. And somebody said, Amen. Just trying to help you this morning. Be not thou therefore, because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Don't listen to folk telling you if he'd really been of God, he wouldn't be rotten in, rotten, rotting in jail today. Don't you know they said that about Paul? Oh, if, if he was really of God, God would get him out of jail. If he, but, you know, Paul didn't get out of jail when he wrote this letter, except when he carried him out there and cut his head off. And when the preacher's going through uh, criticism, persecution, locked up, whatever the case may be, it's like, whoo, I don't know him. They did it to Jesus when he was heading to the crowd. Not Peter said, I don't know him. Same thing goes on that. If you're ashamed of the gospel, you're going to be ashamed of the ones who preach it. He says, but, but here comes the opposite. Here comes the what we will be involved in if we're not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of the preacher or the group of people that has the church there preaching the testimony of the Lord which is the gospel, the power of the cross but you be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. My goodness, let's, let's shut this meeting down and get out of here quick. Woo, he's trying to tell us we got to partake in the afflictions of the gospel. You are partaking in the afflictions of the gospel if you're not ashamed of it. Because it is the answer for every dilemma on the, play, on the planet. And when you sit around people that talk about the answers this and the answers that, and you know the answers the gospel and you're not bringing it, just be honest with yourself and ask yourself, why wouldn't, why, why wouldn't I deliver that? Why wouldn't I bring that into this conversation? Well, it's because you, you, you think, well, they wouldn't listen or, or they'd throw me out of here. I might get fired. Write it all down and then set it on fire. It's because there's some degree of our shame of the gospel. We'll tell each other it works, and then when we get outside the walls of church, we'll act like it really don't work. It's really not the answer. It is the only answer from heaven. We carry it, and if we share it, we're not ashamed of it. We're going to partake of the afflictions of the gospel. We're going to partake of the afflictions of the gospel. Do you know how many people... Relationships have been lost because we preach the gospel. Some of them say that they don't have anything to do with us and they run around behind the scenes saying all sorts of negative things about us because we refuse to preach any of God's word and not point people to Calvary. Well, there's some people and some uh, uh, pastors and, and people in ministry of great stature by name who say that's just too much. I mean, if, it, if the Bible's talking about prayer, let it be about prayer. If it's about this, let it be about that. It's not about the cross. If we don't tie the cross to everything in the Word, the Word is without power. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is quick and alive. That means it's, it has life, but the life's only found in the blood. And that does not mean just because we got saved by the blood, now the Word of God just automatically has life to us. Absolutely not. It means it's tied to the blood. In the Old Covenant, when they'd read the law, then they'd sprinkle it and everything almost that was there with the blood. For without the blood, the Word means nothing. The Word of God is always going to be in the context of Christ and Him crucified. I can't help it. Folk don't understand that. But I pray that they will get step into that. 
If they would become determined, if they'd simply just tell God, okay, God, I accept the cross. It's where you started everything with, uh, pertaining to your relationship with men, and it's also where you ended everything concerning your relationship with men. And not only that, but through, for, throughout all eternity, whatever God does with us is based on what He started and finished in Christ at Calvary. Amen, Brother Curtis. He says now, uh, but be you be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Not partakers of the afflictions of the gospel because of the way you preach it, but according to the power of God. Some people can be obnoxious. Some people can, can harp on this and harp on that and they're obnoxious and it's not really the, 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 the afflictions uh, of the gospel according to the power of God. That means that our afflictions of, 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 the, of the gospel that we're partaking of is according to the power of God. That means we're preaching the cross of Christ. We're preaching the word of God in that context and grace is offered or opposed by whoever's hearing it. We leave all the personal matters between God and the people and that we just preach the gospel. Because the power of God is what God did in Christ at Calvary. When you see the power of God, you've got to look back to Calvary because the Bible, I said the Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. And some people say, well, I know the Bible says that, but the Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. I agree with that, but he only works within the perimeters of a law. And that law is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that freed us from our sin and the curse of the law. That, that, that means the Holy Spirit that is the experience of the power of God comes and is offered to humanity when we preach the cross. All through the Old Covenant, wherever there was an altar type of the cross, the fire of God would fall type of the Holy Spirit. When Moses struck the rock type of Christ dying for our sins, water by the billions of gallons gushed out of that rock type of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, the, the, a representation, what he would do at Calvary, his death, the dove was, came as a type of the Holy Spirit. It always takes the cross, not the cross 10 years ago, the cross today. The people in the old covenant didn't build one altar and then that was it and God just the fire fell wherever they were. They built another altar. They built another altar. It was because we deny ourselves daily take up our cross daily and follow Christ daily. It takes faith in the cross for our faith to even be legitimately in God's Word. It takes faith in the cross for the Holy Spirit to be there moving and operating in my life because He is called the Spirit of grace. And when we talk about God's grace, we're talking about God Himself, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace working in our lives. So one of the things we overlook and typically have a tendency to run from is suffering. And any affliction. Now we're all going to suffer. Something's going to go wrong with these old bodies. Something might go wrong with these old minds. You know, I might wake up one day and not know who I am. You know, I mean, it's just possible. God forbid. But now I'm going to share something with you this morning. If you don't, if you don't fall in love with Jesus on His terms, not on your... And, I, and I'm going to say that hopefully till I'm with the Lord not on your terms, but on His. If you don't learn to walk with Him and trust Him right now, throwing in to the garbage every excuse you've made and begin today, even if you've walked with Him, for a more in-depth trust in Him and walk with Him, the days that are coming, the evil that is going to be in the days ahead, I'm telling you, 
without a relationship with Christ in experience, you're going to be pulled away. You're going to wax cold from love. You're going to be seduced from sound doctrine all the whole time, quoting the right words. But you're going to be pulled away. You've got to learn. You've got to learn, listen, that the afflictions that come with the gospel, the suffering that we've been given by God to partake of is just that we've been given the opportunity. The disciples boasted and rejoiced in that they, they could take these stripes for the name of Jesus. And we got folk that can't even go to church when it's a rainy day. Come on now. Yeah, the, those folks are not going to take no stripes for the Lord. Listen, you've got to right now throw that in the trash. You've got to rise up and live this Christian life. We've been given, I'm going to read you a scripture here, Philippians 1.29. The Bible tells us here, Paul writing to the church at Philippi, chapter 1, verse 29, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ. Now, in the behalf of Christ we've been given two things here mentioned. One of them is to believe on Him, but not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. And we can say at church or in a Bible study, hallelujah, I'll suffer for him. But Peter told him, I'll die with you. I'm going with you all the way. And make no mistake about it, Peter meant that with all of what he thought he could muster up. Peter wasn't saying that in some lie. P Peter wasn't saying, I'll go with you all the way. <laughs> Peter meant that with all that he knew he could mean. But the Lord knew he would renounce Jesus. The Lord knew he would deny him three times. Told him he would. And Peter's like, no way, not going to happen. But that proves right there that no matter what you think and how much you are with it, if you're not prepared, listen carefully, for the opportunity and blessing to suffer on behalf of Christ. You're going to tuck tail and run. You're going to tuck tail and run. It's a mindset, folks. If our faith is really in the cross, then that means we're denying ourselves when it comes time to run from affliction. When it comes time to uh, run from suffering, we're going to stand in this grace and just admit that the answer is the cross of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the days ahead, the church is going to need more people standing in the grace of God that know what the grace of God is than ever before. And there's going to be fewer than ever before. There's going to be fewer than ever before. I didn't say that they're going to church. That's happening too. They're dropping out like flies. But those that are standing in the grace of God, not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed to bring that into the scene when the lies are being told, knowing that if I do, there's going to be some afflictions here, knowing if I do, I may be cast out by my family. Look, the early church, that's why all the money was being taken up in the early church to help support the Christians who'd been thrown out by their families. It's happening. It's happening. It's going to get worse. If you take a stand for the gospel, which is the message of the cross, you're going to be an outcast, friend. You're going to be an outcast among those you've walked with before because most of those are going to wax cold from love because they're going to allow iniquity, rather, to abound in their lives. They're going to be seduced by doctrines of devils and move away from the only path that has life in it. The Bible says that righteousness, the way of righteousness is life. Proverbs, what is it, 12 and 28? Life is found only in the path of righteousness. The path of righteousness is not walked upon by anyone who does not have their faith in the cross of Christ. It is the answer for every problem in the world today. There is no other answer. There is no other answer. And when we believe that to the degree that we think we do, like Peter did, then we're going to be tested. 
Everybody understand that? You're going to be tested. And it's okay to be tested. You're going to be tested. And okay, it's okay that we failed, but it's time to rise up and say, help me, Lord. I don't want to be ashamed any longer. Okay, Lord, because when I'm there at the judgment seat of Christ, all that's going to matter was my stand for you, the way I I lived as I was instructed to carry myself in, in a life that is becoming the gospel, not becoming a good this or a good that, but we are to be becoming the gospel. That means what's what you're known for. Oh, here comes that cross preaching woman. Oh, here comes that person. All they want to talk about is the cross. That's right. That's right. Because at the cross, God opened his arms and is willing to make the the vilest sinner righteous and just in his eyes, makes them a servant of righteousness and allows them to serve him in righteousness without fear all the days of their life. That's all we're going to point people to using every Bible verse there is (coughs) to point anybody who will listen to that bloody sacrifice of Christ. For there and there alone we realize that all that we are is because of the cross. And all the things that God intends on us to experience that will magnify and glorify Him is because of the cross. We are the people of the cross. Make no mistake about it. We have what we have because of the cross and we can experience who we are and what we've been given by the power of the cross alone. Let me read this again. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe upon Him but also to suffer for his sake. The gospel brings with it afflictions because it is against all of man's attempts to do anything with or for God. When our faith is not in the cross, we're trusting in ourselves. That's flesh. God can't be pleased. That's in your Bibles. These afflictions are not caused by our mistakes or some obnoxious religious attitude, but rather when we are being kept by the power of God. 1 Peter 1.5 tells us this. Talking about the church, the believers are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We are kept by the power of God through faith. We're not kept by the power of God if our faith is not in the cross. We're trying to keep ourselves. We're trying to work for it ourselves. God keeps us in the path of righteousness, the only place where there's life, the experience of life now. You have eternal life, but the question for the church today is, how can I lay hold on it? as Paul would write to Timothy in one place, lay hold on that eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight to keep that faith because only do we live by faith. Think about that. We're we're only kept by the power of God through faith. And listen, that's always unto salvation. You see what we've done for centuries as we've read scriptures like this and said I'm already saved that that really don't apply to me but listen you you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus and God keeps you by that same power if you keep trusting in that same power what Jesus did at Calvary and that is unto your daily salvation you're kept by the power of God through faith get it Through faith, it takes faith. There is no such thing as unconditional eternal security. It's conditional based on your faith. Man, I'm teaching better than y'all are amening. Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. If you're in this process, you are growing spiritually. I, I didn't say you're in church more. No, you 
are growing spiritually, you're becoming less ashamed of the gospel. This doesn't mean that you're going to go out and be ugly to people with some obnoxious boldness. This simply means that you're going to share the answer when the opportunity arises. and You're not going to run from that opportunity. How many of us, and it's all of us, let me go ahead and answer that question, have turned the other cheek from the opportunity to share the gospel because we were scared we might have to partake of the afflictions and suffer. And suffering is one of the things not just to believe on the behalf of Christ we've been given, but to suffer for Him. We've got to, listen, only as we come back to Calvary, and I didn't say listen to a preacher preach it, only as we come back to faith in Calvary can the Holy Spirit begin to change our minds and and renew our minds about this whole suffering thing. That we've been given that as a blessing, afforded that through His suffering at Calvary to trust in that. And if it brings suffering, know this, you're laying up rewards, treasures in heaven when you suffer for Christ because you're functioning in something He's given you. He's given you in His behalf not just to believe in God through Him but to suffer for His sake. No, we're not signing up for it but we need to stop running from it. We don't wake up and say, God, oh, that I could only suffer for you today. But but what we do is we look for opportunities to share the gospel. You got social media now. Christians are still scared of that. Oh, there's a few, but there needs to be more Christians. I'm not talking about being obnoxious and rude. I'm talking about just sharing the Scriptures in the light of the one who said the Scriptures are about Him. Hallelujah. Jesus. And what makes the Scriptures about him, be about Him is who He is and what He did at Calvary. Glory to God, I'm glad to know that. I'm glad that I won't have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and say, thank you for laying your life down, but oh, it was about so much more than that. Oh, I had to preach. Oh, I had to point the people in all these other... No, thank you for the blood. Thank you for laying your life down. Thank you that you paid the entirety of the price. Thank you that anything that got done, you were doing it. Hallelujah. Oh, if I did anything for your glory, it was only by your spirit of grace operating in me. Hallelujah. At the, at the great white throne judgment, there they'll be saying, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? I call it the, 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 the judgment of the didn't I's. Didn't I, didn't I, didn't I. And at the judgment seat of Christ, it's going to be, oh, thank you that you did it. Thank you that you, thank you that your creator, your redeemer, your judge, you're the eternal king and lord. Hallelujah. You've done it all. You're the beginning and the ending and everything in the middle that was anything that mattered. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, it's all about him. Glory to God. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. If you're not in this salvation experience, See, it's one thing to have gotten saved. It's another thing to live saved. Oh, the church needs to hear that today. We've, we, oh, we've got the truth now. We, we, about 23 years ago, it began to pour right out of the Scriptures into the church that we not only have been justified by faith alone in Christ's work at Calvary, but we're only sanctified through that same faith. Not all these schemes that are brought into the church for that's not going to cause you to suffer except suffering that you do in the flesh without the Lord's help. See, there's that kind of suffering too. I'd rather suffer for the glory of the Lord. I'd rather suffer in the partaking of the afflictions of the gospel, listen, than suffer in the flesh. But you're going to suffer one way or the other. Can we say that today? You, you're suffering now. You're suffering because you're ashamed of the gospel, child of God, or you're suffering, you're, you're suffering uh, because you're rejecting the suffering God has given you to be a part of. 
When we're ashamed of the gospel and we refuse to share it, oh, I said it already, write all those things, excuses down and burn them because that's all they are. It's really, I'm ashamed of the gospel. And don't come and don't send me an email and say, well, that's not really the case. If I'm not sharing it, it's because, no, if you're not sharing it, then you don't know it's the answer or you're ashamed of it because it is the only answer. I wish I had an amen sign in here. I need two of them this morning. (laughs) We're only kept by the power of God through faith. And that's unto the salvation of Christ being in experience in my life. We're not kept by the power of God through faith. Ain't nothing happening. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto not something that's coming one day, unto the experience of salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Going from faith to faith is being kept by faith. If we're not going from faith to faith, we're not being kept by the power of God through faith. Because Christianity is not mystical and magical It was a real Jesus who died on a real tree who shed his real blood for you and me and has now offered that true gospel to us so that we could literally believe it and be saved and then live the saved life to magnify him, to glorify our Father. We go from faith to faith. That speaks of growth. But listen carefully, the only ones on the entire planet, the only ones in the church who are going from faith to faith are the ones who the Lord is revealing His righteousness to in the gospel, the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when faith comes, we're moved. Not just to another pew, not just to this or that. We're moved from faith to faith again. And that comes, this faith only comes as we hear the Word of God in its righteous context, which is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. I know you might not have heard that, before, don't turn me off. Those that love to learn the truth of God's Word need to understand that the truth is the only thing that reveals the righteousness of God. And, and, and the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Can I tell you this morning, it's a subtle and deceptive thing to hold the truth of God's Word and not experience the life of God. Can I say that again? It's a very dangerous thing to hold the truth of God and not be experiencing the life of God. Because if that's the case then we're holding God's truth out of its righteous context. Because only in the way of righteousness is life given and life experienced. You have eternal life if you're a child of God, but that does not mean you are living in, walking in the experience of that life. If it just automatically happened, Timothy would not have need to be told these things and in another place to lay hold. Timothy, lay hold on that eternal life. Timothy, stir up that gift you've been given. We have to be reminded. I hope that's the way you're taking this today. We have to be reminded. We have to be encouraged with more than a hug and a $10 when we need gas. We, we need the truth. And when we hold the truth properly, which means in its righteous context, then we're no longer opposing God with His Word, but allowing Him to lead us by the power of His Word. Amen. Amen. You see, when we hold the truth of God's Word in an unrighteous context, the Bible says in Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against 
the unrighteousness and ungodliness of those who hold His truth in an unrighteous context. And that means we hold God's truth, we preach and teach and share God's truth, which is all His Bible, in any context other than righteousness, which is the way of the cross. A scripture won't help you unless I point you with that scripture to Calvary. See, some things need to be said all day. A scripture won't help you unless I use that scripture to point you to Calvary. Because without your faith in the blood, there's no life in the word for you. Mm. Everybody all right this morning? I hope you're okay. I hope you're good. (laughs) Then he moves on to verse 9, and did we cover verse 8 well enough? Well, we never cover it well enough, right? There's always more, but 2 Timothy 1.9, talking about the Lord who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Do you know that your call was done by a God who's holy? He called you through the gospel. The gospel is Christ and what He did at Calvary. He called you, He saved you, and called you with a holy calling. Not according to our works. That means you can't get water baptized and get out of the tank thinking, thank God I did that, now I'm saved. No, the words I did that (laughs) messed you up. He saved us and He called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. There we are, not according to Curtis's terms. He didn't save me on my terms. He won't lead me on my terms. It's, listen, He's God. We're His people. This is His Word. We're in His kingdom. We're saved by His grace. He is our salvation. We have absolutely nothing to offer but a broken heart and a willing mind daily. That's all we can bring to the table. That's all we can bring. A broken heart and a willing mind. I can't do anything to be righteous. Jesus did what it took for me to be righteous. Amen. I can't do a work of righteousness unless it is the one who is righteous working in me and through me carrying out His will on His terms. That's why when somebody dies, we don't understand it. Listen, God has a plan in His wisdom. His thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. He tells us how much higher, as high as the heavens are above the earth. And therefore, ours is just to trust God. He knows best. Our hearts are broken. We wanted her. We wanted him. We wanted them. We didn't want this turnout. But God knows best. And therefore, we don't get mad at God when we... You know people mad at God right now all over the world. When they're mad at God, and you you and I can get mad at God, but when we do, all we're doing is proving that we really don't think He knows best. He knows best. It's His kingdom. He saved us, and He called us. And it was a holy calling through which He saved us and called us. And it wasn't according to our works. God didn't see anything in me that was worth saving. God saved me because He loved me and because He created me in His image and He wanted His purpose, His purpose on His terms to be fulfilled in my life. The brightness of who we will be for all eternity won't be based on one single thing we did, but what He did, who He is, the will of God that He is able to carry out in and through our lives. Amen. You remember the story Jesus is teaching? It's so packed and so crowded and his mama and his brothers are trying to get to him and and they send word through the ranks and finally gets to him and he says... They tell him, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. And he just quickly 
tells them, no, my, my brother, my mother and my brothers, those, my family are those who do the will of God. Today, we read that and we're like, well, I would be mad at him. He ain't going to talk to his mama that way. <laughs> he was always about the will of the Father. It's time we come back to the cross so we can be about the will of the Father. But we can't be unless we come back to the cross because that's the only way, the only place that the will of the Father can be carried out. Hallelujah. He saved us and He called us with a holy calling. But according to his, not our works, but his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Before the world began. Now, this is an amazing scripture, and I believe that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would write to us certain things in the scripture so that we would reach the place in our studies and our learning that we would, God could begin to allow us to see the way He sees. What, what that He set in motion one day was already finished in His view. Hebrews 4 and 3 says the works were finished from the foundation of the world, yet Jesus still had to come and die, carry out the work. He knew you and chose you in Christ, Ephesians 1, 4, before the foundation of the world. Because the Lamb, Revelation 13, 8, was slain from before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means God in His all-knowing foreknowledge knows everything at all times, saw what He would do in His Son at Calvary, saw every person who would trust Him, and there's where He chose you when He saw you trusting in Christ. He is not a creator of robots when He made us. We're created in God's own image. That means we have choice. That means we have free will. God did not say, Gladys, you're going to hell, and Chastity, you're going to heaven. God saw who would believe on Him, who would call on Him, and there He chose us, but He did it all from before the foundation of the world, yet here we are today. Because God's plan, because He knows everything all at once, whatever is in His plans and purposes still have to be carried out. Everything is finished in the mind of God. Whatever is going on in a trillion, trillion light years from right now with us, whatever we're doing, God sees it right now. It's already, he's already there and beyond. There's no end of His Thoughts. He doesn't have new thoughts. If God has a new thought today, you've heard me say it a thousand times, if God has a new thought today, that means yesterday there was something He didn't know. And here's the good news. In Psalms 115, the Bible tells us that we, He's mindful of us. We're on His mind. And if He doesn't have a new thought, how long, Kathy, have you been on His mind? Well, that'll hurt you if you try to figure it out. Because He's always been God. He's always known us. He's always loved us. He's always wanted a people on the earth to carry out His purpose under His dominion to glorify Him. Amen. We're really not here for us. We're here for Him. And when Adam and Eve messed that up, now we're having to deal with the repercussion of all that. Because we're here for Him. I pray this Bible study is... For Him. Our church services are for Him. And if they're for Him, that means we're preaching what He did to manifest at Calvary an already finished work from the foundation of the world and already chosen people. When God saw His Son dying at the cross, on the cross, He saw every person that He'd chosen from before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Bible says, and I want to bring this out before we close today because this verse says He saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and His own grace. Which all of that was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. In Christ means His death because it's the only place God sees and has made a door and an entrance into Christ is His death. Romans 6.3 bears that out with other scriptures. But I want to talk a moment this morning about the difference between being drawn and being made near. 
Because there is a difference. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Well, the lamb was slain from the foundation before the foundation of the world. So, ever since men, a man stepped into sin, fell from, uh, from the perfection God had given them, there was a draw there. God, God rushed in and even preached that message of a finished work. And hear me, it was already finished before God put us in the garden. God rushed into the garden, preached that message in type and shadow, and that message has a draw to it. It has such a draw to it that even other false, ungodly, unrighteous, wicked nations even began to sacrifice. But remember this, God started the sacrifices, not the other nations. God started the sacrificial For there was no other people on the earth besides Adam and Eve and their two boys and before their two boys when God gave them the promise of a redeemer and showed them the way of sacrifice. There was no other people. God initiated the sacrifice and it has such a draw, a drawing to it because it is a promise of God's love for the people of God. And again, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And when the Lord preached that message to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, there was a, a drawing to that. How do we know that? Because when they had a couple of boys, Cain and Abel, Abel was drawn by that. Cable, Cable, uh, what's it, Caleb, uh, 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 Cain. Cain opposed that drawing. The drawing is all in the earth today because Jesus was lifted up and he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. There is a drawing taking place, always has been, unto all men. They don't know what that drawing is. I'm about to show you in Scripture. It is, it is the truth of the gospel. It is the manifestation of God's love, loving kindness, drawing all humanity. They don't know what it is. We push against it. We, we pull against it. We, 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 we do whatever we can. We try to make up things because we don't know what that is until we hear the gospel then we either oppose that drawing or we give ourselves to it through faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. But Jeremiah 31.3, I love this. Jeremiah 31.3, the prophet says, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. It's God's loving kindness that was manifest at Calvary because that is what God is talking about. When God says that He's loved us with an everlasting love, He's talking about the people of Israel here specifically. Therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He's talking about who He is to them. He loves them. It's not just something God decided to do to play with toys and like a checker or a chess game. God is love. God can be loved. God created us to love. God created us to love Him. It's free choice. He calls, he, he calls us. He draws us. We're drawn with His loving kindness. <clears throat> but know this in Ephesians 2.13 the Bible reveals to us that we're only brought near by the blood of Jesus. All humanity is drawn. The more we reject that drawing, the more we reject the truth of Christ, the more we rebel against it, the more we'll act like the people who are acting in the streets today in this nation. They think Some of them think they're doing the will of God out there. But if we're not following after peace and holiness, God's not in it. If God, whatever God's in, God can be seen. Amen. Ephesians 2.13 tells us, But now in Christ, there's that 
in Christ. That means faith in his work at Calvary, his death, his shed blood. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes at one time, you were far off. You've now been brought near, made nigh by the blood of Jesus. You see, you accepted that drawing. When you heard the gospel, that was that holy calling. Let's go back to verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. You see, the reason God uses the promise of His Son and what He did at Calvary as the call is because it's the only avenue through which holiness can come. And God communicates and deals with a holy people. He's told us to be holy because He's holy. He's called us and saved us with a holy calling. Therefore, when we see scriptures in the New Testament that talk about us walking worthy of our calling, that's talking about us walking worthy of how He called us in holiness according to our salvation, the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we don't move our faith from what Christ did at Calvary. We keep moving, we keep trusting, and we surely don't grow weary and become ashamed of the gospel. We keep standing in this great grace. And I know that we're living on the vapors of this age that we're living in. These are the last of the last days. This is the, the, we're on fumes right now. Jesus is about to uh, uh, burst forth out of that sky and take us home and we're to be found carrying the gospel. As Paul would write Timothy as we read this letter, it was for encouragement. It was for strength. It was for direction and instruction. It was like stay the course. Paul is about to lose his life. This is his last letter as far as we know and he's writing it from a prison dungeon to Timothy. And think about that. And I said something about this Wednesday night at church that we need to be concerned about what we're leaving the people behind us with. We need to have people behind us to be leaving these truths with like Paul had Timothy and I'm sure Timothy had some folk behind him. But we need to make sure, listen, who God puts with us and who God calls to come along behind us with this same determination to preach this message Paul preached is between God and them. Ours, mine and yours, is to just keep standing in this grace. Mine and yours is to just keep marching in this truth, carrying this blood-stained, victorious banner of God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Ours is to not be moved by the world, not be moved when the church is shaken and everything's falling loose. Ours is to stand, not to join the ranks of those who are falling. They're writing songs on the radio. You heard one another day talked about when one falls, we all fall. That's a lie. When you fall, I'm not falling with you. I may bend down to offer you an arm to get back up, but just because you fall, I'm not falling with you. I know that you're a part of the body of Christ, but just because one falls does not mean we all fall. It means we should lend an arm to help each other up. But we've got to keep standing in this grace. We've got to keep preaching the cross. And the Lord in the days ahead will reveal things in His Word that the church has not had in the capacity they will hold it in the days ahead. You better hear me. Don't be scared of the new things that God shows you in the Word. Don't be scared of the truths that become so refreshing to you. Don't don't run away from things just because you've never heard them. If they're pointing you to Christ and what He did at Calvary, then you cling to that. That's the truth God's wanting you to walk in so that you can experience the life that's only found in this righteous path He's called you to. God is going, listen, just like the sanctified message we now know as of the last 23 years, God is going to begin to pour out truths that have been hidden not from us but for us there all these years and we're going to see things we've never seen. We're going to walk in a place we've not known. I'm telling you, it's 
coming. I believe it's already here. So just keep believing God. Ours is to believe God and not be moved and distracted by all the things that are happening for that very purpose to get us out of the faith. Father, I thank you for this time today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth you're revealing to those who have ears to hear. I thank you, Lord, for delivering us from being ashamed and timid and reminding us that, Lord, we we don't just quote the Scripture, but we believe the Scripture, that the power, the power of God is the preaching of the cross and that you're keeping us through faith by that power unto salvation each and every day. We give you all the praise for it. We thank you, Lord. I pray for those people that heard today and listened and for whatever was touching their body that was of the enemy, that you drove it away in Jesus' name right even during this broadcast. And we give you praise for it. Hallelujah. Don't forget to tune in every Friday morning at 9 a.m. as we continue our second Timothy Bible study. Romans chapter 13 is where we are at 8.30 a.m a.m. on Mondays and Thursdays and you can watch that again Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316 God bless you we love you and until next time stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified I'll see you soon